are now listening to PursuitCast, the official podcast of Pursuit NYC. May it be an encouragement to you today and stir your soul for revival. Hey guys, uh, how's everyone doing? This is Sam, uh, back with another episode of PursuitCast. And I have with me a very, very special guest, a uh, hero and uh, a revivalist uh, in the truest form. I have with me Dr. Rodney Howard-Brown. Hey, Dr. Rodney Howard-Brown, how are you? Hey, Sam, how are you, my friend? I'm good. Uh, I just want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I heard you just had uh, a fire camp meeting, 18 meetings in. Now, we really appreciate you taking time and hopping on this You're interview well, with us. You're welcome. And actually, in fact, it's not ended. Uh, we uh, we actually start our youth fire week tonight through Friday wow. night. And, yeah. And then the following week is the kids fire week. So we do an annual like three weeks of fire. So wow. it's, it's, it's awesome. That's great. Uh, as we get started, if you could kind of just share a little bit of just about who you are, just in case we have listeners um, who who may have never heard of your ministry before. I'm sure there are many. I my name is Rodney Howard Brown, and I came to America in December of 1987 as a missionary to America. Mm-hmm. I come from Southern Africa. Uh, I gave my life to the Lord when I was five, and was baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was eight years old, and then. Forty years ago, this month, month of July, at the age of 18, uh, after I got really hungry and thirsty, the fire of God fell on me, and um, my whole life went to another level. I went to the ministry in 1980, began to travel across Southern Africa, married in 81, and then felt the call of God, of course, from a child to come to America, but only moved over here in 87. And then for 88, we traveled in the first three months of 89, we traveled in, in, in April of 89 in upstate New York, little town of Clifton Park. Revival broke out, and, and that just began to grow and grow and grow. Exploded by 90, uh, 1991 to 92 across, I mean, different places. And then 93, Central Florida, and then 94, you know, just all over. Um, and uh, it, it's been 31, well, 30 years of revival now. Wow. Um, 31 years in America, and of course, 96, we started the church, and then 99, we went to Madison Square Garden, Nine, uh, 97, we started the River Bible Institute, we've graduated 4,000 students, we have a church here, and we travel the world, 78 countries, carrying the fire and uh, lighting fires of Pentecost and mobilizing people for the harvest of souls. So that's basically it in, in a very nutshell. <laughs> Amazing. Um, I mean, I know so many people uh, that I know personally, as well as so many movements uh, that are going after revival and the Holy Spirit. You know, it can be traced to the the ministry that God has given you. Um, I would love if you could kind of share, you know, how you, you know, you said that you got ignited by the Holy Spirit in, when you were 18. I would love to hear how that happened for you. Well, Everything's around hunger. Mm. And uh, the word says, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you'll be filled. He said, if you draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh to you. 
So even as a child growing up at Pentecost, I knew God had called me into ministry. And I knew that in order for me to go into ministry, that I had to have the fire as described in Luke chapter 3 and verse 16, where John the Baptist said, I baptize with water, but there's coming one after me who will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. And he was obviously talking about Jesus, the head of the church. Mm. And then, of course, obviously, the number one thing is for everybody to get saved because he came to seek and save that which is lost. But the next step is for everyone to get baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. John 4 talks about a well of water springing up to everlasting life. John 7 talks about out of your innermost being will flow forth rivers of life-giving water. And then in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, Jesus said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost come upon you. You'll be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. And so the reason for the Holy Spirit coming with great power and fire is to ignite and mobilize the church to do the job of the church, which is to win souls and to bring in the harvest. Ultimately, that's the most important thing because the only thing we can take with us when we leave the earth is people. Mm -hmm. And so I'm so grateful to the Lord for his fire falling on me 40 years ago this month of July. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for that. I would still serve the Lord, but I I would never have gone to 78 countries. It's the fire that is shut up in your bones that propels you to obey the call of God and to do exactly what God's called you to do in the face of opposition, in the face of persecution, in the face of criticism. Uh, because what happens many times, people back off and they, they, they shy away from what they're supposed to do, which is, is when you think about it, is really horrendous when all that the Lord has given and done for us, the least we can do is to run with that fire and to tell a lost and dying world how much he loves them. And, um, it obviously, uh, the message of the cross is is controversial. And that's why you see many churches backing off the power of God, backing off the supernatural, uh, signs and wonders and miracles and revival. But that's why I'll I'll always, (laughs) I'll always have a job, Mm. you know, so I will always have a job uh, because the the job is to, to mobilize the church. Let me give you an example. Here's, here's a, a, a translation of Jeremiah 20 and verse 9. Okay, so uh, the, the prophet of old says, just like a fire shut up in my bones. Mm. But Jeremiah 20 and verse 9 says, sometimes I say to myself, I will forget about the Lord. I will not speak anymore in his name. But when I say that, then the Lord's message is like a fire burning inside of me. It feels like it's burning deep in my bones and I get tired of trying to hold the message inside me and finally I'm not able to hold it. And so that's what happens. That's why the fire is so important for every believer. Paul writing to Timothy, 2 Timothy 1, 5 and 6, he says, I'm calling up memories of your sincere 
and unqualified faith, the leaning of the entire personality on God in Christ, in absolute trust and confident in his power, wisdom, and goodness. A faith that first permanently lived in the heart of your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm fully persuaded dwells also in you. That's why I would remind you to stir up, rekindle the embers off, fan the flames off, keep burning the gracious gift of God, the inner fire that is in you by the means of the laying on of my hands with those of the elders at your ordination. So uh, why would God put that fire in us? Because he goes on in verse 7 of 2 Timothy chapter 1, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. So because uh, of God's power and the power of the gospel, you will be persecuted. And the Bible says all those who live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. So hence the need for the fire. Everyone needs the fire, period. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And I know how you said that it was hunger that got you totally set on fire. Uh, in your experience, uh, what would you say are the keys to cultivating hunger for more? Well, first of all, it's a, it's a spiritual appetite. Mm. So ultimately, you have to get rid of all the other things that you spend your time on. Mm. Appetite, television, movies, music, stuff that's wasted. That, that really doesn't add value to your life. And if anything, it, 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 it drains you. It holds you back. It yeah. depresses you. So whatever you eat or you train yourself to eat will become the way you are, the way you live. Uh, it's like somebody that has to change their whole diet. You know, they love sweetness and everything's sweetness. And of course, then they find out they've got diabetes. And so now they have to change. They have to cut out all sugar. And so that's really what takes place. That's really what takes place in the life of the believer. There's many things that you eat that's detrimental to yourself. So spiritual appetite can only be um, developed by cutting out everything that is of no consequence. So if everyone listening today thinks, okay, well, let me, let me see here. What in my life is actually, is this, is this thing I'm doing really going to, is going to be of value? Is this thing that I'm doing going to be of value and it's going to impact my life for the good? Or is this going to have a detrimental effect? So cutting out everything that's detrimental. If I know something I'm going to eat is poison, and um, why would I put it in my mouth? If I know something that I'm going to eat is um, detrimental, going to have a terrible consequences in my life, I cut it out. And then you and then you redevelop your appetite. You redevelop your appetite. Um, hunger and thirst. Hunger and thirst. And that hunger is for the word. 
the word yeah. of God. The pure word of God. It's the, you know, it's not even, and I write books, but I tell people the most important book is the Bible. So read wow. the word, read the word, read the word. You know, if, if I, I only write books to help people understand the word, but I've seen a lot of ministers go, this book will change your life. Well, ultimately, uh, no. The book yeah. that will change your life is God's word. And, yeah. and it's the purity of God's word. And when the Bible talks about the word being milk, the word being bread, the word being meat, the word being honey, um, and we desire these things. We desire his word. And then, of course, the Holy Spirit comes to confirm the word and back up the word. Yes. And, 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 and that's what happens in our life. So we hungry, Lord, we hungry for your word. We hungry for your will. We hungry for your way. We hungry for your purpose and your plan. And uh, so that's the basis of hunger and thirst. And I challenge everyone listening to begin to change your appetite. Somebody said, I don't have that hunger for the things of God. Well, then that's not God's fault <laughs> at all. Yeah. It's up to you. So. I love it. Yes. Sir. Um, I know, um, you know, as I've been trying to, you know, be encouraged and, and study the past moves of, of God and even in recent history, um, you know, I've heard of your ministry, and, and I recently had the chance to go hear you uh, personally live. And uh, I know some of the things that has followed your ministry has been, you know, people getting drunk in the spirit, holy laughter. Uh, what was it like for you when you first started seeing manifestations of that happening and following the preaching of the word? No, I mean, it didn't bother me because I'd seen it as a kid growing up in the all-night wow. premier. And my mother, you know, walked into the room. I was seven and she was laughing. She laughed for three and a half hours. And I said to my dad, what's happening to mom? He said, Jesus is touching her. So I didn't ever have a problem. And then we'd be sitting around the dinner table. My father would bow his head to pray. And as he did, the power of God would fall. And then we just didn't eat. <laughs> we didn't eat immediately because we ended up with the, with the prayer meeting. There were times wow. my brother... My brother and I would sneak a roast potato, you know, and uh, bow our heads, you know, to eat because we were hungry and dad and dad was being <laughs> touched, you know. So, but yeah, I grew up around it. So there was no, it wasn't such a thing as going to the meeting. It was, it was the meeting or not the meeting. It didn't matter. Um, uh, it was all the same for us. There was no, how can I say, compartmentalization. Okay, we're going to the meeting. Now this is the meeting and then this is real life is that the meeting and real life came together. Wow. And uh, because, you see, here, I probably look at things a little differently to some of the people that are in revival or uh, what who call themselves revivalists because all of our meetings really are the same from, from when they started. No different now to, to 1989, what's happening now, except we have grown and obviously we see, we see more things than we did see then back then but the, the message is identical the message is still the same and the assignment now has expanded to the point where of course everything's gone outside the four walls of the church the last 20 years revival fell 30 years ago 20 years ago we mobilized people for souls madison square garden 48,459 people saved wow so this is going to the third decade of mobilization 
But when you come to the service, like even last night or yesterday morning or Saturday night, it's like, here's the way I explain it. We don't have a service where God shows up at the service. It's not like we have a meeting and the Lord really showed up. No, that's not what happens. That's not, that's not what takes place. There is a meeting that goes on before the throne of God. And it's been going on for eternity of eternities. And when we come together as the church, we either plug into the service that's already been going on, or we never plug in. Mm. And if we plug into that service that's going on, then God manifests himself among us. But remember this, time in eternity is absolutely nothing. So the Bible says a day is a thousand years, a thousand years is a day. So think about this for a moment. If a thousand years is a day, and a day is a thousand years, that means an hour would probably be about 40 years. So let's say the average person, I'm going to give them a life extension today, lives 80 years. Yeah. That means out of all of, it, all of mankind's existence, in essence, they live two hours out of, out of that. They were like a blip on the screen. And when you come into this world and you leave this world, you only have an allotted time, which your days are numbered by the Lord. Now, Jesus was in eternity. He stepped out of eternity into time to bring us back into eternity. When we go to heaven, we go to a place where time will be no more. Time will be no more. There will be no more thing as time. So here we are in a meeting. The day of Pentecost uh, took place 2,000 years ago. So in, in the Bible talks about you know, seven days, six days, seven days. So uh, if a thousand years was only in God's time, it was, it was you know, really, um, at, you know, <laughs> two days ago. Yeah. The power of God fell two days ago. And <laughs> I know this is hard for people to conceptualize, but when you see things from heaven's point of view, you know, it was two days ago Jesus came to the earth, died, wow. and then, of course, he left and he sent the Holy Ghost. So, so... Um, we we about to end, or we've entered into the third millennium now from the time that Jesus walked the earth. So, and I know there's a lot of speculation and third day and all that. I'm not into any of that stuff. I'm just talking about from my knowledge of the scripture. So people yes. make up, they make up all kinds of nonsense and semantics and they play with words <laughs> and, and, and they just bring division. But why I'm saying this is because, uh, for example, I was touched 40 years ago. In eternity time, I was touched an hour ago. Mm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Okay, so we, when people pray, I, I've been praying for 25 or 20 minutes. Uh, I mean, sorry, I've been praying for 20 years. Yeah, that's, that's uh, 30 minutes. You've been praying for 30 <laughs> minutes, you know. God is moving on our behalf. And yeah. because we live in time, we get impatient. And, uh, but any time, any person listening today can enter in to the eternity of eternities by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the common thread through the blood of Jesus that links us to the upper room. 
that links us to every person down through the years, down through the centuries that have carried the fire of God and the anointing that has shaken a generation that brings us into the present. Because the Holy Spirit is not past tense. The Holy Spirit is in the now. And he's not a dove. He's not a bird. He's God, the Holy Ghost. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. And he comes to make his home in us. And so while the scripture says we know in part, we prophesy in part, we see through a glass darkly. But the fact is that it's the Holy Spirit, the unseen one, the third person of the Godhead that comes to live inside every single individual. And when people yield to the Holy Spirit, which has to do much more than a church service or a meeting, it's 24-7. And you're rising up, you're lying down, you're coming in, you're going out. Everything you do in your work, your play. And so I, I see so many people always compartmentalize. Okay, now we're going to go to church and now is our time for the Lord. No. Every moment, every waking moment, every part of our thought life, our passion, our desire is after him and his purpose and his plan. So, you know, uh, I do not see any difference personally from the meetings of 89 or the meeting of last night, except the Lord has broadened us and he's increased us. And of course, we older and when you get older, you get wiser. But the move of God, the fire of God. So because I hear people say, well, we need to go back and redig a well. And well, where are you going to redig the well? Is the well in the ground? <laughs> no, it's in people's hearts. The, the, the fire comes in people's hearts. So you don't have to redig anything. Just get the fire of God. And that will sustain you and carry you all the days of your life through every circumstance, to overcome every temptation. And even if you did fall or make a mistake, repent, cry out to God, say, Lord, help us. God will come. He will help you and, 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 and restore you and renew you and revive you. And then he will take you and he will take you from glory to glory. And God will use you. There's a purpose for the fire. And that's for God's eternal purposes, which I encourage every person listening today to allow yourself to be used in the eternal purposes of God to win souls and to make the world a different place by heaven's assignment that's on every single person's life that's listening to this podcast. Amen. Amen. I, I know, um, man, you just shared so much wisdom with us just now and about the Holy Spirit. And I, I would love to hear from, from your experience in your life and, and your journey of how you keep the fire burning in your life personally. I know you talked about hunger not too long ago, but how do you keep the closeness with the Holy Spirit and keep that fire burning in your own life? Well, you talk to him. You talk to him, of course, prayer. Prayer is the most important thing. And it's, it's not a position you're on your knees and your hands clasped together or whatever. It's talking to him everywhere you go, on the bus, the subway, uh, in the taxi, the Uber, in the restaurant, while you walk around, look around, you talk to the Lord. And, and it's about yielded, being yielded to him to do what he tells you to do. And then to make sure that you don't do anything that would grieve him. But the Bible says, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed under the day of redemption. We grieve him by the things we do and the things we say. 
So, like, let's give examples. So if Christians get together, they're always critical of one another. That grieves the Holy Spirit. How are you going to have the anointing or be led by the Spirit of God? All you do is criticize others and judge others. So, therefore, you negate yourself. So, grieving the Holy Spirit or, on the other side, quenching the Holy Spirit, which when you quench the Holy Spirit is when you extinguish or dampen the flame. So, I would say, if you know those old... Um, gas uh, geysers where you heat water. There's a pilot light. There's a pilot light. And when you turn it on, poof, the thing comes to full heat and heats the water. Now there's so many Christians, they are, they're walking around as pilot lights and they don't turn on full flame. So we have to go from pilot light to full flame. It's very important. And, 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 and we are guardians of our own heart. Our heart is like a fireplace. So again, when you allow compromise or you allow the enemy, you allow unforgiveness, you allow bitterness, you allow pride, you allow lukewarmness, you begin to compromise because you want to be acceptable, acceptable. So you allow friends in that are not serving God and they don't even speak the language and you just find yourself going the ways of the world. That's the easiest way to put the, put the fire out or you yield to the flesh or you yield to the temptations yeah. of the enemy. God gives you the power to help you overcome the flesh. And I want to encourage everybody because otherwise people feel condemned and, you know, the Lord, no, just repent and say, Lord, please forgive me. And then ask the Holy Spirit to help you overcome those things and to do his purpose and plan by not grieving the Holy Spirit and not quenching the Holy Spirit. Those are the most important things. Amen. Uh, I would love to hear uh, your personal definition of revival, the word revival. Well, revival is not for the world. An mm. awakening is for the world because the world has never had anything. Revival is for the church. Revival is coming back to your first love. Revival is falling in love with Jesus all over again. Revival is coming back to that passion. Because why do we need revivals like somebody that has not had a bath or a shower in three, four days? They start smelling. They, <laughs> they, 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 they need to get fresh. And so yeah. when you go and you stand under a hot rain shower and you, and you feel that on you, that's like, ah, oh, I'm being revived. And that's what the presence of God does. Acts 3 and verse 19 says, repent and be converted. In the Amplified, it says, repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out, that the times of refreshing, of recovering from the effects of the heat of reviving with fresh oil will come from the presence of the Lord. Wow. Love it. I love it. Um, I know I would love for people to now hear of the work that you are currently doing. Um, I know it was part of the meeting that I was at in New Jersey not too long ago, but um, just kind of the work that you're doing, the 300 city tour, I would love for people to kind of catch the heart and the vision of that as well. Yeah, the Lord, the Lord spoke to me, said run to 300 cities, one night, upper room meetings, just in churches and light the fires of Pentecost. Because so many churches are backed off the Holy Spirit and afraid of the Holy Spirit and everybody wants to get seeker sensitive and want to compromise. So the only hope for the world the only hope for the nations, the only hope for America is a revival in the church, which are, which results in an awakening, a great awakening in the world. And 
we have to mobilize the people in the church to win the loss. So on the day of Pentecost, there was 120 people sent there by Jesus to be empowered. Acts 1 and verse 8, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost come upon you. You be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So this is imperative that people understand God's purpose and plan for every single one of them. This is not just for ministers. This is not just for fivefold ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. This is for every believer, from the littlest right. child to the oldest saint. And so the goal is to go and have upper room meetings in 300 cities by the end of 2020 and to believe God for 100 people per city to be ignited by the fire of heaven. If we do that, then we mobilize and we multiply the efforts to where it's not everything resting on one or two or three evangelists, but we've mobilized the church to go and share their faith, tell people about Jesus in restaurants, in schools, in universities, in prisons and hospitals, and just wherever people go, they talk about Jesus, they're praying for people, they're casting out devils, laying hands on the sick. But above all, leading people to Christ, leading people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And even if people reject it and don't receive it, at least they're convicted and the word of the Lord, God has something to work with when they leave that person's presence. And so we were believing God for 100 people per city which would result in 30,000 people mobilized by the end of 2020. But we already at 110 cities, we're already at over 37,000 people. If we carry on, instead of it being 100 people, per, 100 people per city, it's 340 on average. If we carry on with the same average, that means by the end of 2020, we'll have 102,500 people that will be mobilized to win souls. And if everybody win one soul a day to the Lord, you're talking about 37.5 million people. So you wow. can understand how, and I believe it's going to be much, much more. And we're sitting on now, I believe, 24 million people that have come to Christ over the years in the ministry. I made a vow of 100 million souls. We're on the course for that. I believe we'll see that in the next two years, two, two and a half years. And, of course, um, we're running, we run across uh, Europe, 43 cities of Europe. We're making an Asia run now, which will be Japan and Mongolia and Thailand. We're also going to Korea. Uh, so uh, there's, there's so much. There's so much that has to be done. These are one-night meetings to light a fire. And uh, we're not the author of the fire. We're just carriers of that fire. We are keepers of the eternal flame of heaven. The same fire that fell on the day of Pentecost, that same fire falls today on those that are hungry and thirsty. Amen. So good. How can people uh, get connected to your ministry? How can they find out if a meeting is coming to one of their cities? Uh, what are some of the social media uh, handles as well as websites that people can connect with you on? The number one way to connect is on a website called revival.com. Just revival, R-E-V-I-V-A-L, revival.com. You'll find us there. All of our itinerary, itinerary is under events. We'll tell you exactly where you're going. As far as social media, um, there will be a link on there to the Rodney and Donica Hardbrown Facebook page, which people will be able to watch live viewing from the river. You can also go to, uh, on revival.com, there's RTN live stream, which you can watch. Then on YouTube, Rodney Hardbrown YouTube, and you can click the subscribe button 
and also put the notification so you know when we're going live. There are already thousands of hours of meetings on there that people can watch. Uh, whole eight-day conferences with worship and everything, and uh, many lives are being touched through that even as we speak. Then also um, on my Instagram, which is just really Rodney Hanbra, this R-O-D-N-E-Y, and then H-O-W-A-R-D, B-R-O-W-N-E. So normally I have a hyphen between the Howard and Brown, but on Instagram it's just the one, one word, Rodney Howard Brown. With my Instagram, I post personal, you know, me, the family, whatever, and then from where we are in the cities and uh, the meetings and what's happening. And so, you know, there's a, and sometimes I even post a bit of comedy and just some humor or whatever. Love it. Then I... I do have a Twitter account, but that I use mainly for media purposes and and, and governmental things, politics and whatever. So uh, and to and of course to deal with a lot of the lies that are being pushed out by mainstream media. So uh, I tell people, if you're looking for inspiration, don't follow me on Twitter because I'm slamming, <laughs> I'm smacking everything that can be smacked. You know? And I also post I post a lot of memes and humor and stuff like that. So, um, but that's just plain R. Howard Brown, R. Howard Brown, and uh, but those are the ways. But I would say the number one way is revival.com, and that will give you the information of everything that's going on. Great, and uh, we'll have all the links available for our listeners as well. But uh, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown, I, I just truly want to thank you so much for taking the time to share your wisdom and experiences with us, and thank you everyone for tuning in. Until next time, God bless. Bless you too. Thank you for listening to PursuitCast. For more information on the ministry of Pursuit NYC, please visit us on the web at www.pursuitnyc.org. Revival or bust.